Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan. Now, at 105.1 FM yesterday, Josh Harris spoke with the media, explained why he hung out, hung on to Ron Rivera all season long. And, Stubb, remember, I was complaining about that, but I did respect his answer. You know, it's all about the mutual respect for they had for each other. And it worked out because yep. team's going to get the number two overall pick in the NFL draft. And I've already said, I want to get up to number one. Because I'm all in on Caleb Williams. And now we need to find out who's going to be the next head of football operations, the next head coach, and next year's starting quarterback. It's going to be an exciting offseason, a bunch of unknowns. But we said it earlier, this is going to be fun. This is going oh, to be yeah, exciting. Be fun. And we can't get any worse than we were this year and the past four years under Ron Rivera. Joining us right now on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline, from the Team 980 in Washington, D.C., it's our buddy Craig Hoffman. What's going on, Craig? What's up, Awad? How are you, man? Good, man. I'm fired up for Bob Myers. What were your thoughts on that, man? I was also fired up for Bob Myers. Um, I have been a big fan of the Warriors dynasty and what they built there since basically Go. Just as a sports fan, as someone who loves good basketball, I love the way that they play, and that just kind of starts with the culture. And obviously, you know, the way you play and the personality that and how that translates in basketball to your culture is probably a little bit different than football. What you're searching for is definitely different in football, but the idea that he had a vision, found the perfect centerpiece in Steph Curry, and then built all the infrastructure around him and Steph, not only on the court, but you know, finds the right coach and Steve Kerr, the right assistant. They're able to you know, build that staff as coaches get hired and, you know, people from their front office come and go and they just did an exceptional job of sustaining success over the course of the last decade. And obviously they're hitting some, some snags here at the end, but if we can have a 10-year run of success with the Washington Commanders because of the infrastructure that Bob Myers helps set up, even if he's just a part of this hiring process, uh, I think we can deal with the, the problems of the end 10 years from now. Let's take the success and you know multiple championships first. So I, I just think Bob's a really smart guy who you can't find anybody that knows him that's worked with him that has a bad word to say about him. And so having someone like that in the room as you make a hire, by the way, alongside Magic Johnson, alongside Mitchell Rails, who's built a bunch of million-dollar companies. Josh Harris, who was a self-made billionaire in the private equity world. And Rick Spielman, who's a very respected football man. That's a, that's a good start to the process. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I'm all in on this committee. I love every part of it. In fact, you can steal this, Craig. I've been calling it the Jedi Council. I mean, I, I love this group <laughs> that put together. They're going to find the next Skywalker, the next head of football operations. I, I just love the group. And, and you know what? It's just so smart because it's something Dan Snyder would have never even thought of, right? To have five or six guys meet and do interviews together and come to one conclusion on the right guy. Well, the thing is, like, Dan would just not have the right people. Like, the idea of a committee is not that. That, that's not innovative. That's not. And, and in fact, there's a lot of uh, owners that hire like professional search committees. There are companies that charge immense amounts of money to do this. Right. What's impressive about Josh Harris is he just called his friends. Right. Like he called the people that he is surrounded with. Like this tells you the kind of people that Josh Harris rolls with. Dan Snyder rolled with Bruce Allen. Mm -hmm. Josh Harris rolls with Magic Johnson, Bob Myers, you know, Rick Spielman, Mark Hines, his best friend from elementary school, and Mitch Rails is someone he, he met along the way and was like, I gotta, we gotta, we gotta do something together. And they wound up buying their hometown football team. Like, that's how Josh Harris rolls. So, um, I, the only hole I can poke in this thing is Rick Spielman is the only football guy. And 
that means you have one really strong football opinion and vision in the room. He's a really good one. I wouldn't mind having some other people with a little bit more football experience, but I think you also run into the the problem then of, do you have too many cooks in the kitchen? Everyone here kind of has their role. So I have, I, I am perfectly fine with this. If it goes sideways, that would be the imagine. Like that, that to me is where the potential leak is. But Spielman's strong enough that that shouldn't be a problem. Yeah, and, and you're right. You know, Josh chose his friends and he rolls with some big names in the sports world. Uh, and, and I love this Jedi Council he's put together. So, how long do you think it will take them to find the right guy? I don't think too long. Um, the phrase that he used yesterday was thorough but rapid. Yeah. And because you have no restrictions on the front office people like you do the head coaches. The head coach interviews can't happen in person until like January 22nd. They're interviewing people today. I mean, they're going to interview the top candidates today. And the fact that most of the top candidates are immediately saying yes and scheduling interviews and flying to Josh Harris's house in Miami or wherever they are in South Florida to be like, yeah, I want to meet with this guy. That tells you what they, yeah, how much of a, a flip this organization has had. I, I do think the Sleeping Giant thing is like back to being a really relevant talking point. You know, we talked about it earlier this year with some of the sellouts and, you know, do we think they can sustain this? And it's like, yes, if they win, well, they didn't win. They lost eight straight to close the year and were generally crap after the first two weeks of the season. But people saw those first couple of weeks. People saw the sellouts and they weren't opposing fans to start the year. And I think they know that if they can build a winner here, like, what a job this is and to work with someone like Josh, I think is really appealing to people, which is the exact opposite of how it's been. So I'm pretty, I'm pretty excited to see what they can do. And I, I really honestly think within the next two weeks, we'll know who this top football person is in part because like they're going to get their, I would imagine they would get their top choice. And so if they get their top choice, who do you think that is? I mean, we've heard Adam Peters name thrown out there a lot recently. Yeah, I think Peters is definitely the top choice. He he makes me a little nervous, not not in terms of the job he would do. He'll be awesome if he comes here. Um, and he's built a lot of what, you know, he has worked with Kyle to build a lot of what they have in San Francisco. Like John Lynch, I, I don't want to say he's a figurehead, like he's done nothing. The man is was the GM and is now the president. Like Adam Peters had a lot to do with it, but so did John Lynch. But Peters' scouting eye and kind of the way he built that scouting operation is very heavily credited within league circles uh, with what was built out in San Francisco. I'll put it that way. Um, on the personnel side and the way he worked with Kyle, which would be obviously very encouraging, assuming you go like, you know, another hot offensive mind, uh, especially one that comes from that Shanahan tree or a similar way of thinking a la Ben Johnson in Detroit. Um, they, they have very similar philosophies about football. Um, the only concern I have with Peters is because they've already made Lynch the president of football operations out there, they can just slide him from assistant GM to GM and give him a pay raise. And he might just want to stay in San Francisco. Um, and I also wonder if it depends, like if they win the Super Bowl this year, if he feel like it's easier to leave, well, now you're pushing your timeline back. And do you want to wait on him? If you have a bunch of other good candidates that are, that are maybe 95% as good, but can get to work two weeks sooner. Um, so th- those are the only cons- quote unquote concerns I have with Peter's. Um, I think that there's a lot of really interesting names on the list. I mean, Alec Hallaby is one to watch for sure. He's assistant GM in Philly. He's got a strong analytics background. You'd have to think that, you know, Josh Harris has some familiarity with how the, the Eagles run from his time running the Sixers before he was here. Uh, Jeffrey, Jeffrey Lurie didn't realize he was staring at a future potential, you know, NFC East rival at the time, uh, if he ever let him wander around the building. 
Um, and then Ian Cunningham with the Bears, who really is kind of better thought of as Ian Cunningham of the Ravens. He was only in Chicago for a year or two, yeah. but spent a lot of time in Baltimore's front office. Like those are some of the guys that I think are really well regarded, and and they'll have their pick of of one of those three or maybe one or two more that are considered the top candidates. Will there be any holdovers from the Rivera era or the Dan Snyder era? I mean, guys that were hired uh, before Josh got here. I wonder specifically with Martin Mayhew. And the reason I wonder with Mayhew is because Adam Peters worked with Mayhew in San Francisco. And there's already started to come out some stories that, you know, some of the big decisions that got made that were either Snyder or Rivera influenced Mayhew may have had some different ideas and he was overrun uh, because while he was the GM, he reported to Ron. And I don't think that Snyder ever respected him uh, because Dan doesn't respect anybody. Um, and so if, if Peters comes, does he put Rivera in a or sorry, Mayhew in a certain role? And even do you give Pete, cause this is another thing to go back to the point I was making in the last answer, Adam, if you need to give him like a vice president title to get him out of San Francisco, which also comes, of course, with a bigger paycheck, that GM is not enough to keep him in San Francisco because Washington will make him the vice president of player personnel or whatever that job is. Maybe even president of football operations. They give him, hey, man, if you want to be the same level as John Lynch, we'll give it to you. Well, then you could technically leave Mayhew in the GM role and just let his contract run out or resign him if it, if it goes well. And you have someone who's familiar with Peters and what he's looking for and has had success when Mayhew was a part of that front office in San Francisco. That's really the only guy that I see staying. I think everyone else is probably gone. Um, but obviously, you let the new people make those decisions, which is why Rivera was the only guy who was let go yesterday. Jason Wright has done a lot of talking, praising the ticket sales and the job he's done in Washington. Do you think he deserves to stay? That's such a great question, and I don't know. Um, it's a question that I wish, you know, we were limited to about 15, 20 minutes with Harris yesterday, and there are some questions that were left on the table. That, to me, is probably the biggest one that I wish should have been asked. Um, and I think you can make an argument either way. I think some of the, the faux pas, the, some of the bad stuff that happened, Jason, at times, was, was taking bullets for other people. And that's the job of a team president. And ultimately, it's on your resume because you are the team president. And, you know, was there a way that you could have influenced that decision to not have to take the bullet in the first place? Um, but he did a good job of taking bullets at times. And that was part of the gig that he signed up for. And, and that's, you know, that thus it's on his resume. At the same time, like the business side has flourished. Like, let's not let's not get it twisted because they they had some really high profile mistakes. I'm not trying to dismiss them. Like the Sean Taylor thing was an absolute disaster multiple times over, by the way, they screwed up with Sean Taylor stuff, which is about as bad of a mistake as you can make in this franchise. But like their ticket sales stuff and the way they've rebuilt their, their season ticket base, the way that they've rebuilt their sponsorships, the corporate stuff, the improvements they've already kind of made to FedEx. Like Josh Harris didn't come in and think like, Oh, I have to do X, Y, and Z at FedEx. Jason and his team were like, Hey, this needs to be done we've kind of already ordered the parts. Can you sign the check? And so they had some improvement. It still sucks. It's still yeah. FedEx field. But I mean, that's the thing is I, I would argue that even the improvements they've made, you know, has backfired at times. I mean, look, the, you know, the Dolphins game this year, you know, there was teal all over, uh, you know, the whole b- lower well, that bowl. That has to do with the product on the field too, right? Like, the Well, yeah, but they're stopped. making the tickets too easy for Dolphins fans to buy. I mean, at the end of the day, that's, you have to, you can't control who buys the tickets. That's not, and and like improving the the LED the 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 restaurants and the LED stuff in the stadium and making it less of a dump 
especially considering you're moving out of there within the next 10 years. Like I admire the fact that they were willing to try to make the fan experience better. Ultimately, the only thing that's going to get Burgundy and gold in the stadium is winning. Yeah. That's, that's nothing a team president on business side can really control. Or, or a Sean Taylor statue that, that's worthy of going to see, you know. That is, that is also, again, a yeah. very gigantic negative. And I, basically my shortest answer, Adam, to should Jason Wright say is, I think you can make an argument either way. Yeah. I, I've been out on Jason Wright since he uh, basically threatened to take away access from a reporter based off of a bad question. Yeah, that was very stupid. Something that I've told Jason to his face, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. He made made a few mistakes. All right, Craig, great stuff, man. I appreciate it. What you got coming up on your show today? Uh, we actually have a visit from the one and only Lindsay Zarniak today at 4.30, which is really fun. Uh, our guy Linnell is going to be in studio at 5.30, so uh, a fun day on the old Odyssey app. Awesome. Sounds good. That's Craig Hoffman. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD on the fan. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio. Here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM, Richmond's home for VCU basketball, and I'll be headed to Fairfax, Eagle Bank Arena for George Mason, the Patriots, 2-0 in conference play, hosting VCU. The Rams desperate for an 8-10 win. We'll break down the game with Matt Shelton Ide of VCU Ram Nation coming up next. But uh, my buddies from By George GMU, they are a blog, podcast, website that covers George Mason. I worked with them for my time in D.C. Love those guys. Uh, they're putting together a pregame party, right, Ooh. for Mason fans and I guess traveling Ram fans to come together. And it's at the Old Brian's Grill. And anybody that's familiar with Fairfax and uh, the University Commons area, you know about Brian's Grill. It's like this really famous American-style restaurant, burgers, wings, all that good stuff. It has been replaced. It is now... A banditos. Right. I heard And I'm Michael like, that's just so this. Richmond of them to do in Fairfax. That's like a Richmond staple, yeah, banditos. Dude. Oh, if you had said buddies, yeah. I would have been mad. <laughs> <laughs> so banditos is where the pregame party will be uh, for Ram Nation fans going to Fairfax. But it's just so funny because to me, like that's so Richmond of them to do in Fairfax. That's not a Northern Virginia staple banditos. That's a Richmond yeah, thing. Yeah, like and like and that's in my little triangle of restaurants yeah. that I that I frequent. Yeah. I think they call it the Devil's Triangle. Yes, it is. It is the Devil's yeah. Triangle. What and is involved in the Devil's Triangle? It's banditos. Buddies. Buddies. Ariana's. Ariana's. Uh, there's a a lot of people have been overhyping Ariana's. I haven't had it in a few years. I, I will hype it. Oh, you forever. love Ariana's. I love Ariana's. Okay. Love it. Maybe I've never I'll had anything again. but their subs. Because uh-huh. they got like a ten dollar sub and fries. But you really like the subs. So like I, I and they have they have a lot. They have a lot of good subs. Yeah. Um. There's like Shepherd's Tavern. Ooh, I've never I've, been there. Yeah, never been, but, but I've heard really good things about it. Yeah. There's a China Panda, which yeah. I've not had yet. Uh, there's a good like sushi Japanese restaurant that I've been to. Uh, that's pretty good. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And like a cheese bar and one other thing. Mm. You basically only go to the Devil's Triangle. Well, yeah, it's a five minute <laughs> walk from my house. <laughs> like it's like hard like with, with my like roommate yeah. and my friends. I feel like all, if I texted you during the that. weekend, you'd be like, I'm either at the Devil's Triangle. Or I'm at New York Deli. Yeah. This is like your favorite two those spots. Are, yeah. Those are, well, that's like, you know, that's like my friends who've lived here for a while. Yeah. They love New York Deli. You don't make it over to Scott's Edition very often, I, do We've you? been trying to do more. Yeah. We went to Bingo Bar. Oh, and we when went did you to go to River Bingo? City, uh, like, like a month ago, I think. Uh, what, we've all uh, gone, what time of the day was it? Like seven. Okay. My favorite yeah, you place told me is it was, it was midnight. Too early. Yeah. Midnight, midnight Bingo Bar. Favorite place. Um, so I did my show yesterday from Capitol Ale House. 
Burger Night is back. That's something I need to. Right, you've got to take advantage of Burger Night. Two ninety five for a burger. I mean, you're not going to get a deal like that anywhere in town. So I, I took home a burger and fries. Their fries are so good. The burger was amazing and uh, brought me to this article I found online. Uh, for some reason, last night I just Googled French fries. I don't know. We're talking <laughs> to my friends about okay. why the French don't claim their fries so much. Uh-huh. You know, they they call them chips. They call them chips. Right? It's weird. Fish and chips. Like you'd think you'd say, oh yeah. These are the, the the most French fries you'll ever find. Get them in France. But they no, call they them chips care. there. Uh, anyway, I brought up this article from Delish.com. All the fast food French fries ranked. You probably would not guess our number one pick. We're going to break that down right now on an impromptu version of Dude Food on the Dude Food. We're not responsible for the content of this program or anything we say when we're really hungry. Where's my food? Dude, where's my food? food? The most delicious food you've ever tasted. Yes! Taken. How can he piss off a flip-flop? <laughs> he loves food. Dude food. All right, if you're listening to the show right now and you have a favorite French fry, you can call in 833-804-0910 or tweet us at 910thefan at AWOD Radio. Stub, we're going to do a little exercise. Look okay. at me. Close your eyes. I'm going right. to close my eyes. On the count of three, we shout out our favorite French fries. All right? Okay. One, two, three. Chick-fil-A. Five guys. Oh, I didn't know that was an option. I changed my mind. You're going five guys, <laughs> yeah. too? All right. All right. I like I, how I, we're I on was, the same yeah, page I was, there. I, I think drive through when I think fast food. Oh, okay. That's kind of my measurement because okay. it's but unfair. But what did you go with? What did you say? Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A. It's a decent fry. Right. I, it's I, not a regular fry, though. It's a waffle fry. Yeah. I like the... the I, I tend to favor the ones that aren't just regular fries. Do I you feel. do the bit that I do, which is take your spicy chicken sandwich with cheese, you open it up, you put three or four fries in it, then you close the sandwich back up. No, I, I, I you ever I do. do that with chips on a sub? Oh uh, yes, yeah. yes. Uh, but I, the the Chick Fil A fries, it's like the dip in the Chick Fil A sauce. True. I'm pretty content because that's that. a thing in Pittsburgh. If you order like a steak and cheese, they will put fries in your sandwich. And I'm very pro that. Some Pittsburgh style. Yeah, right. uh, number 12 on the list of the top 12 fries in America was In-N-Out Burger. In-N-Out Burger is really highly regarded for a lot of things. I don't think I've ever had it. I ha- I had. I yeah. had it recently for really? the first and only time. Well, recently, June. Uh-huh. But Overhyped? Overrated? Yeah. yeah. Like, it was good. That's kind of what I think. I think Shake Shack is number 11. I do like their crinkle, crinkle cut. cut. I, I would have like, probably put it in the top 10. 10 is Hardee's and Carl's Jr. That's not above. I don't think I've had that in a long time. I was shocked to see number nine, Taco Bell. I put those with higher. With their nacho fries. I, I'm actually I'm so incredibly up on Taco really? Bell fries. I think their fries are decent, but I also know like my dad made fries just as good growing up. You buy the style well, with yeah, the anyone extra, can and you make put fries them in the toaster. Fast food. Right. Talk about talk about seasons their fries yeah. with things that aren't salt. And yeah. I think that says a lot compared to every other fast food place. <laughs> All right, eight so Arby's. I always love curly also fries. Also underrated. Yep. Seven Burger King. Overrated worst fry yeah, in the market. I, I don't think the fries are that good, but worst. I do love how when you get Burger King fries, you know what you're going to find in every fry? A little onion ring. One little, little onion yeah. ring. And it somehow ah, dude, I, always makes it into their fries. I hate Burger King. <laughs> Six Wendy's. When Wendy's yeah. are hot and crispy, they're top five for when me. I say that's a perfectly rated, like yeah. right at six. Like yeah. it's, it's good quality. Five. They went with five guys. That's my number one. That's number one. It's, I mean, that Cajun it's, it's seasoning is so good. It's ridiculous. crispy. And you get a lot. You get That's a lot. That's the big lot. thing is they dump it yeah. in the bag, and it's delicious. Oh, yeah. You know what guys. my buddies used to do? They were on the baseball team. They used to go to five guys. Get, get the peanuts. Walk in, <laughs> grab a freaking uh, bucket of peanuts, 
and throw it in the truck of their car and speed off without buying five guys. Yeah, they don't. It's like you can't do that. They but they care. didn't. They never policed it. There's only so many peanuts. Yeah, so you could always get as many peanuts, and you know what? You could throw them on the ground. Yeah. Number four, Chick Fil A. Number three, Raisin Canes. I'm out. Ooh. I do Have not like Raisin had. Canes. I I will need to go. There's in a new and Raisin see. Canes that's opening up uh, across from the Diamond. Okay. That yeah. will be. I will try that one. At yeah, opens. try that. I'll be there for sure. Uh, number two, McDonald's. I mean, just everyone knows it'd be delusional to not have McDonald's towards the top of the list, especially when they're hot and ready. The way they're salted and the yeah. way that they're so skinny, they're always crispy. Yeah. I'm a little more down on them. Where would I you think put them? You're still top five, though, right? Like five. Yeah. Like I would probably say five. Okay. Could you guess what number one is? Okay. Well, what haven't you said? I guess. Yeah. Is the... I here's your hint. All right. It is a restaurant that in the South goes by a different name. Okay, so we already did Hardee's, Carl's Jr. Yes. So that's the only one that I can think of that does really? it like that. It has fast food, and when you go there, they have two drive-thrus. Two drive-thrus. And that's why I've always been a fan of this spot. You're never waiting more than well, five minutes because they got two drive-thrus. Well, that's Chick-fil-A. No, no well, Chick- well, Chick-fil-A's a good one. Chick-fil-A but does do the two They do this, but I think this place started it first. I'm, I'm drawn Their fries the- are beer-battered and beer seasoned battered? in savory salt and spice blend. They're so crispy, so flavorable, and so satisfying. There's a reason they bag their fries and sell them in supermarket freezer aisles. They're just that good. I am speaking of... I got n- not not a clue. If I said rallies, what would you say? I don't know. Rallies is in the South, and in Washington, D.C., they have checkers. Oh, I've never checkers. been. Checkers? Really? Yeah, that's the. Uh, that's that's why I didn't know them. You, next time you go to a Commander's game, there's a Checkers on the way uh, uh, off of, I think it's New York Avenue, and uh, it's my favorite Checkers, and uh, I love the Mushroom Swiss Burger right. there, and the fries are the fries are really good. They're not right. my number one, but they're seasoned similar to Five Guys, and they're always hot and ready. Mm-hmm. I think I think that there's a couple of, of exclusions from this list, Okay, like uh, Zaxby's. Has some good seasoned fries. That's okay. crinkle cut and seasoning. Yeah. I put that, especially over something like Hardee's. Not good fries there. Did you hear especially the story about uh, there was a Taco Bell employee that was slapped by an angry customer? No. Yeah. Yeah, it's an interesting story. I I don't know if we'll have time to get to it on Tood Food, but he reheated the meal at home, uh, and it blew up in his microwave. He drove to Taco Bell and then slapped the employee in the face. <laughs> that's not. <laughs> that sounds like a well, you problem. Yeah, yeah what, right? What are you, you're pointing blame on on yeah. what the guy that handed it to yeah, you, not the I one know. that made it, not the Taco Bell designers I of know. food. That's just unnecessary. The spokesperson man. from Taco Bell Corporation said, "We are disturbed by this unprovoked yeah. attack <laughs> on our team member, and we are working with local authorities to ensure the safety of our team." This took place. In Long Island, that, uh, yeah. New Yorker, something else the, happened. Hey man, my Taco Bell exploded was having a bad my day. microwave. That guy was having a bad day. Well, I thought some I was gonna reason. get some pizza here, not some chicken and His tacos. His microwave probably looked like that uh, Dunkin' Donuts bathroom. Right. Yeah. All right, that was dude <laughs> food. If we missed anything locally, you can chime in eight three three eight zero four zero nine ten. Don't go anywhere. Don't touch that dial. I'll be right back. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM, Richmond's home for Ram Nation. Every game can be heard right here on 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM with a 6.15 pregame show tonight before a 7 p.m. tip from Fairfax, Virginia, as the Rams face off against the Patriots 
of George Mason with 44,000 followers on social media. The one-stop shop for all of Ram Nation to find out information on VCU basketball is vcuramnation.com. Joining us right now on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline is their founder, Matt Shelton-Eyed. What's going on, Matt? Adam, what's good, man? How are you, man? What's what's the latest with the uh, views on my interview video on Ram Nation? <laughs> oh, you know, I haven't checked it in a while, but I'm I'm certain if I were to log in right now, it would be a record breaker. So <laughs> I don't even need to check. I know I know it's blowing up. Well, I had a ton of fun uh, doing it. My friends have watched the video. Uh, they enjoyed it. They thought it was kind of funny that I didn't know the name of the song I was singing, but I was just kind of humming it. Uh, but the Rams have a big game tonight at George Mason. Did you know that Brian's Grill shut down? And now they've reopened it as a banditos. Isn't that so Richmond of Fairfax to do? That's a ri- yeah. It's like a Richmond takeover. I, yeah. I feel like we've already won. <laughs> you know, we've already won the war heading into tonight to tonight's battle. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm fired up for this game. What are your thoughts on George Mason and their new head coach Tony Skin? So one, I think it's awesome. I mean, it took them a couple coaches to to get this right, but. For them to hire a legend like that is great to see. I think he was maybe a candidate for it last time, but he just needed a little more experience, I guess. So, um, you know, Tony Skin was a huge rival of ours back in the day. That's when George Mason was really last super legit. Uh, so it's just neat to see them as an athletic department reward pretty much one of the guys that put them on the map. And obviously he's off to a great start as this as a head coach for the for his first year of his, his career. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, this guy was... Such a big part of Mason and their Final Four run. Um, and now the Patriots are 13-0 and on the season and 2-0 and in conference play. So before we break down this game, let's get your thoughts on the A-10 as a whole. To me, it kind of feels like this is a league that's going to beat each other up. 100%. That's the thing. I think basically you've got one you know, kind of elite team in Dayton and then pretty much from two to about 14 or even 15, it's just super close. And so um, there there aren't the complete cellar dwellers like there were in years past, which doesn't, you know, it doesn't equal a, a huge loss uh, if you're, you know, building a resume if you're a Dayton, but it equals just so many more tough games. And it's, yeah, just top to bottom, it's a much deeper league. Yeah, I mean, this is a, this is a solid Patriots team. It was Keyshawn Hall that led them to the victory over St. Louis, 79-67, to behind 22 points, 50% shooting from the field. But I, I think it's Ronald Polite third that really uh, scares me about this Mason squad here. He can pull up from deep. Right, well, I mean, that's, that's the name uh, Ram fans are going to be familiar with. But really, Tony Scan has done a, a nice job bringing guys, you, you mentioned Keyshawn Hall. He was, a, I believe, a VCU transfer portal target this offseason. Um, Polite, we're familiar with him, but they, they just have so many players. Darius Maddox can shoot the leather off the ball. Amari Kelly, you know, they've got a really strong group at the top, and that's why they're 13-2. and two. Yeah, for VCU to get this win tonight, I, I do think the score needs to be in the 70s, uh, we've just been giving up way too many points. 84 for GW, beside, behind 28 from James Bishop. And I think one of the biggest things that stands out to me from that game was the shooting by VCU's top guys, like Sean Barristow, 2 of 13 uh, from the field. And, I mean, it's just like it just stands out to you because I love the shots that he took. 
right? Like, I, I don't think he forced any shots. They were Most of them were inside the paint. A lot of them were wide open. They just weren't following fo- falling for him. Yeah, I mean, Berso, he can do a lot. He's a great distributor. He's a big guard. He's like a 6'9 point guard uh, of sorts. He's got one of the best assist percentages on our team. But, you know, the shots just were not falling. He does this kind of running. It's not a layup. It's not a jumper. It's kind of like a push shot. And it was not. It was two for ten in that last game, and so I think um, hopefully he, you know, I'm sure they've looked at the tape, and I hope you know he's saying, all right, I gotta, I gotta dial back on that one, and instead of you know going for that, see if Toby's open. But yeah, he's he he does a lot, and we're excited to have him. But right now, he's second to last on the team in plus minus, and he has a small sample, but he's just got to be more efficient. Yeah, no, you're so right about that. And then on the defensive. End of the floor, it just felt like for a lot of games this year, if Christian Furman or Toby Lawall are not there to block a shot, the opposing team's going to get a layup, and that's frustrating. Yes, right. I mean, that's it's we're in. It feels like we're in bizarre land right now as a VCU program who's so used to really being a top ten defense. Uh, we got our wish of having a better offense, but the trade off, you know, it feels like we made a deal with the devil, and the trade off has been absolutely horrendous defense. It's only two games, but, you know, back-to-back A-10 teams hitting over 50% from three for us. We're dead last in conference defensive efficiency, and that is just something we are not used to, and it's just it's hard to watch. You know, it feels like you can't stop them, and I felt like against GW, the one defensive possession it seemed like we had was that very last play, and, of course, it's just an ugly miracle shot that, that falls on our pretty probably our best defensive sort of possession of that game. Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure the last five minutes of play, the only stop we got was their travel in the backcourt. Uh, besides that, they right. were getting well, layups and open shots. Yeah, a brutal stat I saw Ed Nixon tweet was that eighty that GW was 81% from the field in the second half, and that's better than we shot from the free throw line the whole game, which is just inexcusable. Yeah, I mean, a couple missed free throws here, here or there uh, really hurt the Rams. Uh, who do you think gets more playing time tonight? I, I'm going to point to Michael Bell. I, I just think, hey, we want a good defensive performance. Let's play our best one-on-one ball defender. Yeah, well, that's that's the thing because basically, congratulations, Sean Bears is back. Obviously, Coach Odom has a loyalty to him, following him from Utah State to Richmond as well as Joe Bamisil. And really those guys, the, the minutes, the guy who's lost the most minutes because of that is Michael Bell. Mm-hmm. But you can see we're a, we're a way different defensive team without him on the floor, even though we do gain some offense. So you would think Bell would see some more minutes, but, I mean, I, I don't know. He barely got off the bench. He played three minutes in the last game, and that was after a horrendous defensive performance against St. Bonaventure. So there's a part of me that thinks we will see more Bell, but there's a part of me that thinks – and I've seen this from coaches before. No, we're going to stick with these guys. They just need to – we need to have our key rotation figure it out. And so, yeah, I, I'm hoping for, for more minutes from Bell. I'd also – you know, Jason Nelson is another guy yeah. who can heat the ball up um, defensively. And I'd like to see him. He was only 11 minutes last game. So I'm very curious to see what, what Coach Odom does. Yeah, I mean, it's just – I agree with you. I think they're going to stick with their guys and, and fight through some of these tough losses – uh, but it's tough because since they got Bam back and Barristow, the lineups have changed and whose ball dominant has changed. And to me, it feels like Zeb Jackson has turned more of a into more of a long-range shooter. And yes, he was 3 of 6 last game, but I want him attacking the basket more. And I think back to the second-to-last possession of that game against GW, the Rams 
needed a bucket, and Zeb took a step back three. Now, Joe did get the rebound and put it back in, but I want Zeb to go to the basket more than shooting these outside shots. Right, and and that's, you know, VCU has been efficient for the most part inside the arc. I will say tonight is a tricky night for that. George Mason is the number six team in the country at defending the two-point basket, so I want to see that too, but I just don't know if tonight is the night they're going to be able to get that done. Matt, I appreciate you taking the time, man. Thanks so much. Thanks, Adam. Yep, you're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. If you missed it, at any point in this show today, we did get to the breaking news out of the NFL. The Titans moved on from head coach Mike Vrabel after four successful seasons. We'll go around the NFL and talk about the playoff games next on The Fan. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. So Aaron Rodgers is making headlines again. He's on the Pat McAfee show every Tuesday, and uh, I'm already seeing funny tweets like, this is either going to be the, the greatest Pat McAfee episode ever or the last episode that airs on ESPN. Is You know, Rodgers is, of course, responding to Jimmy Kimmel. He said, quote, I think it's impressive a man who went to Arizona State and has had 10 joke writers can read off of a teleprompter. As uh, Scrimmel, Kimmel spent like what? Seven, eight minutes on his on one of his shows talking about Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, and I didn't like it. He, like, came at him for being a community college right. student. Like, come on, dude. Well, I mean... Like, I, obviously, like, you, you have the right to, like, right. get back at him, but, like... It's a, like, it's a uh, weird bit because Rodgers shouldn't have said it, right? You can't just say... No, you, say you can't just throw out there, oh, you're on Epstein's list. And then, of course, Kimmel's going to respond to that. And here we are, Epstein's trending again. You know, my friend said, uh, you should do a bit on your show where after... Somebody comes on the show for the first time, right? A new guest. Mm-hmm. You say, "Oh, great job representing uh, your network here on Nine Ten The Fan." You're now on Epstein's list. <laughs> you're on. You're on Adam Epstein's list. <laughs> it's just a, no, that's good. It's a good bit, right? I'm that's keen, a good bit. That's a good because bit. I'm making Epstein can, great again. Can, if it's the last thing I do, we can change the whiteboard to say Epstein's list. Epstein's Anytime list. we have an in-person guest, yeah, we can put their name guest. there. Yeah. <laughs> you sign their name. This is the list you want to be on, not the other <laughs> list, right? <laughs> oh, it's wild. Uh, there's also a weird thing that's going on with Detroit, right? So Detroit is hosting the L.A. Rams in the playoff game this weekend. Yes. Matthew Stafford went to Georgia, was drafted by the Detroit Lions, right. and that yeah. city means so much to him, his wife, and his family because he spent so much time there and created basically a Hall of Fame career with Calvin Johnson, Megatron. They just never had success in the postseason. Well, apparently there's... Apparently, I sound like that Apparently. kid. Apparently, uh, there's Apparently. a situation that's going on in Detroit where Lions are going to ban Matthew Stafford jerseys from the stadium. <laughs> they will not be permitted into Ford Field on Sunday. You can do that. And uh, Kelly Stafford, remember Kelly Stafford has a podcast now, right? Mrs. Stafford, so she she has a voice. She matters. She said, well, this is sad because it's completely opposite of how we feel about this city. But Matthew has always been the bigger person and will continue to be that, praying for an incredible game with zero injuries. I'm on Team Detroit. You can't wear a Stafford jersey when he's the starting quarterback for the opposing team coming to town for a playoff game. Are they saying you can't wear a Lions Stafford yeah, Lions, jersey? Lions, Lions Are you Stafford allowed jersey. to wear a Ram Stafford jersey? Oh, I don't. I mean, good luck getting a ticket. 
Detroit hasn't <laughs> been to the playoffs in years. You think they're going to let some D-bag from L.A. get in? No chance. All right. They're going to sell out immediately. Uh, but I like this from Detroit, though, because it would piss me off if I was standing behind someone that says Stafford on the back of their jersey, and we lose by three because Stafford uh, you know, has a game-winning drive. Yeah, Washington can't say things like that or we'd no. have 30% we'd, capacity. Right, yeah. <laughs> well, we already have about 30% yeah. capacity uh, some games. And then there's the story about Mike Rabel and that Diana Rossini is reporting that the reason that the Titans fired Mike Rabel is because Diana Rossini of The Athletic is reporting the Titans believe trading Rabel was too complicated and would take too long. Per sources, they wanted to move on quickly. I was told Vrabel, after four years in charge in Tennessee, never asked ownership for a trade and never asked out of Tennessee. So basically, they fired him because... Trading him would take too long and probably involve more paperwork. Yeah, that sounds like a, a team that is not prepping themselves for a good 2024. No. Like, that, like that seems it's, like... It, it's weird that they fire him after they won the final game of the regular season to knock their arch rival, the Jaguars, out of the playoffs. And they waited longer. Yeah. Like they didn't do it. The, the Falcons in Washington got it Monday. Yeah. And here we are, another... They took an extra 24 hours it's, to It to feels like Diana's it. right, that, like... They were going to try to trade him because I think the name that everyone threw out there was New England, right? Maybe mm. they want to trade him to New England and get something in return. Uh, but they also want to get ahead of this cycle, right? That's the thing that's interesting is they waited 24 hours. They didn't fire him. I think you know they saw. Commanders are interviewing everybody in town yeah. with a name. And they're like, crap, they're going to get the number one guy. Yeah, if we, if we start doing this trade, we're yeah. going to miss out on opportunities. Because then, I think most people yeah. argue... Commanders are now the number one spot. If you're not arguing for Washington, you're arguing Chargers because you've got Herbert and a quarterback. Yeah, I saw a list and it's that, LA. I saw a list that put Washington at the fourth most desirable. Really? Would like, they no put a, way. Like would they the put Raiders. ahead of us? The Raiders. I don't agree with that. But I guess Vegas has a lot of money in a brand new stadium. I'm trying to remember. They might have even put the Titans above us. Or the too. Bears, right? A lot of yeah, people were hyping it, up the Bears. I was like, it just I mean, even like Flus hasn't the, been fired yet. Like we don't have a great roster, but it seems like everything is pointing like we're like Number one in everything else. Yeah. So. Were the Falcons ahead of us on that list? Yeah, too? I think so. Oh, my goodness. I was like, what, is, uh, what are we doing here? Yeah. I was very confident that, that he would lose his job, Arthur, and he did mm-hmm. get fired. Uh, but Ron Rivera out the door was the big news yesterday, and uh, I was personally shocked by the hiring of Bob Myers to be involved in what I'm calling the Jedi Council for the I, commanders I to it. find the next Skywalker. The next head of football operations that will, what is that? What do they say in Star Wars? Bring uh, parody bring, to the force. Bring, 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 peace, clo- bring peace equal, to the it's force. It's like a equal, yeah, equal, a little good equal, and like a little le- bad. Like, yeah, what is a little the light word? and a little a dark. There's a word for that. There's a little word. Balance. For it. Bring balance there to the force. <laughs> Bob Myers, Spielman, Magic Johnson are part of the Jedi Council. The committee to bring balance to the force here in Washington. Appreciate everybody listening to the show. Go Rams, go. You can hear me at 615 on the pregame show. It's Grand Danny coming up next from Washington, D.C.